Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, you know what Friday it is. It's the first Friday of the month. And that means Dr. Alessandra Duke is joining the show today with Sunny. And get this, Dr. Alessandra is actually in Pataluma with Sunny. So we'll check in with two of them and see how they're doing, as well as they'll be chatting about tapping out and avoiding doom scrolling instead of tuning in. And now I welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke. And good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. Uh, it is first Friday of the month here, so I'm one of your co-hosts, Sunny Joy McMillan, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. And Sunny in Seattle is here every Friday on Alternative Talk 1150 AM in Seattle and 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is a radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. They're found at 1150kknw.com. You can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One. Um, my website, if you want to find out more about me, is goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. And Alessandra, yours is? Yeah, mine is alessandraduke.com. Yeah, and I just have to comment, like Benny said in the intro, it's so funny. We are here in my home office in Petaluma, California. Uh, Alessandra is sitting right next to me. Now, yes. okay, we've done all Woo! the... Doc Alessandra's road trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we are doing all that we can to social distance and stay home and stay safe and being careful and wearing masks and all of the things. But um, yeah, we are making a little exception here for Alessandra <laughs> to broadcast here together since it's been a long time since we've been actually up there with you, Benny, in the studio. So this is a special occasion for us. Sure. Yeah. She travels over me through a couple states down <laughs> to where you are and just like, oh, whatever, Benny, no big deal. I don't want to come by the studio as you. That's so true. I know it is, isn't it? I should have made this stop. <laughs> it's okay. You're still missed. It doesn't matter. Maybe on the way back up. Ooh. Ooh big hug. Yeah. Big hug. Yes. Yeah. Well, Benny, anything um, anything new and noteworthy that listeners and inquiring minds like us want to know? Uh, for the most part, I mean, we got, you know, 4th of July ramping up for us tomorrow. A lot of places are canceling events and stuff like that. So I think it's going to be a lot of uh, in-house consumer items being launched in the air, you know, um, <laughs> in the freedom aspect. And um, maybe so. Yeah, and on the last hour, we're talking about masks or not to mask, and it's like some people may launch their masks up in the air, too, at that point. We'll see how okay. it all goes out, or maybe they'll come raining down so everyone else has one. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like that fits really well with our main theme for today, which Boom. is about tapping out and tuning in, because yeah. it's really all of, there's so much information out there, and if you, I think one of our biggest tools, if not the primary one we have as humans, is our discernment and knowing what is right for you and your family and judging all the information and picking what feels what resonates of truth for you. So, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I can uh, just add a little. And you're tapping in, tapping out, ladies and gentlemen, for today. <laughs> oh, well, what else, Benny? Anything before nah. we keep going? No, you girls just take it over. Do your thing. 
Okay. Well, in that case, um, I do want to mention, I'm going to do one quick housekeeping, mm -hmm. Alessandra, for book club. Um, so we are starting our next round of Soul Digger Book Club on Tuesday. Um, that will be, I think it's on July 7th. Um, we're moving it to Tuesday evenings now that some people's schedules are a little bit more normal again. Um, so it'll be Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. Um, and so I chose this month's book based on, um, you know, what feels very timely and what's been coming up. And I'm in a women's circle and we were talking last night and one of the women was saying how her motto for the last few months, particularly around racial justice, is I'm teachable. Um, and I loved that. Uh, my kind of phrase around all of this is I'm listening and I'm learning. Um, and so that's my goal. Um, I feel like the work of racial justice uh, is soul work, um, being able to really look deep within ourselves, being open to new information, being open to things that may not be comfortable to us. And then again, using that discernment, what feels right for you? Um, and how can we also honor what feels right for other people as well? Um, and so the book for this month is Me and White Supremacy by Leila Saad. Um, and I feel like of all the books that I looked at in this vein, that it was one that would lend itself well for um, folks to work through on their own and then come together once a week to talk about the, the what they're learning. Um, Liz Gilbert said of Layla that she is one of the more important and valuable teachers we have on the subject of white supremacy and racial injustice. Um, and along that theme of knowing better to do better, um, I would love to explore that with the group. Um, so it's very casual. Of course, it's virtual. And um, what else? If you want to check out more about it and to register, it is free of charge. And you can go to goldenoversoul.com under the events page. And it's the Soul Digger Book Club. So that's goldenoversoul.com under events. And it's the book club. So, um, Alessandra, anything you want to mm. mention while we're doing housekeeping? Well, first I want to say that I'm in a book club right now for that book and the book is amazing. Okay. And then, so I think that book plus you as a facilitator equals a really good book club. Well, and I have to say what the way, I don't know, you were deeper into this book than I am, but I feel, um, very inadequate when it would come to facilitating something related to this, because I am, this is not my wheelhouse. I am, I am teachable. I am learning. I am listening, mm -hmm. but my, tell me my understanding of this book is that the book is the facilitator, the work that is done. And it's, it's really run more as a circle, not as a top-down hierarchical instruction type exactly situation. yeah so really it's like you don't have to be you are the facilitator in that you're helping you're you know you're helping kind of move the group along mm -hmm, and creating mm -hmm. that organization and mm -hmm. so you bring your energy in that way but the book really guides you through I mean she is she has done an amazing job breaking mm. down some of these concepts so um yeah she I mean she's done the, she's yeah, done she's the done work, work for yeah. us you know yeah. to be able to think think really in depth about some of these concepts. So it's, it's really the most, I mean, it's just been so helpful so far. I'm just a couple weeks into it, but it's like daily practices and reflections mm -hmm. that she offers that are so, so helpful. Well, awesome. Well then if you'd like to join me and explore, uh, this book, me and white supremacy with me and some other amazing women, um, feel free to hop over to golden Elders oversoul and, um, under the events page and you can, you can join us. Yeah. So, um, what, what about for you? <laughs> well, and I, you know, speaking in of 
tapping in and tapping out. <laughs> <laughs> My, um, so I, um, I run a group called the brink and it is a coaching program for women who are entrepreneurs, leaders, change makers, those kind of people. Um, but really it's for how can we, how can we be taking care of our emotional world so that we can do awesome things out in the world. And so, um, last month we were scheduled to do something on joy and fun and play, but then that topic seemed not a good fit. Right. So we dialed it back, switched it up. And, um, so this month we're bringing in joy, fun and play and adding in, how can I bring joy and fun to my life? But then also add in the component of allyship and doing mm. good for others. So, um, so that's the brink. If you go to my website, alessandraduke.com, there's a tab that says the brink. You can check it out, read about the program there. And we are accepting enrollment, um, until the end of day on the 5th of July. So, um, so yeah, if you wanted to get in for the month, that's what I got going on. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, um, I feel like it's worth diving in here because here we are sitting together in Petaluma, California. You yeah. typically live in Bellingham, Washington. Yeah. Um, so do you want to share like how you got here? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it was a little bit spontaneous, partially planned, partially spontaneous, because, you know, in my work, I'm always talking about being brave in your mm -hmm. pursuits, mm -hmm. well in the process, mm -hmm. taking care of yourself, having mm -hmm. fun, finding joy where you are. And then I was feeling like, whoa, I am not walking my talk. I do not feel, I'm not feeling joyful. Mm. I'm needing more wide open spaces. I think with everything with COVID, it's like, of course, we need to stay safe been doing that, been amazing at that. Uh -huh. Um, but yeah, I decided I need to get out and, um, take a little bit of a time out from, uh, from my life as it was going, um, just to shake things up a little bit. So yeah. hopped in my car by myself, socially responsible, uh -huh. um, you know, traveled with masks, all of the things. And, um, I'm headed you know, stopped here with you for a little while and then going to go stay on, continue my solo journey down to Southern California. So it's just been great. And it's been wonderful to be here with you. Yes. It's <laughs> been amazing. Um, Chase and I are very, very strong introverts. We have an intense need for space and distance from others when we are not out and about, like we're outgoing, we enjoy socializing, but it, the recharge time alone is very important. And it's been funny because I mean, I, I'd say you're an introvert as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So you put three introverts in one small house and you know, who knows what can happen. That's a, start, it, that's a start to a joke or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come up, I'll come up with something. <laughs> Yeah, but um, we have been so pleasantly surprised. Like we've got a routine going around here in the morning where Chase makes the coffee and leaves it, gets it chilled for Alessandra who likes her coffee iced. And then we have like we've got a, like our respective roles. And so it's been an interesting exercise. But I also have to say it's fun to me to hear that you're doing this. Um, I know there are some things to be aware of in traveling right now. But like you said, you're doing things, I think, in the, the, the safe, correct way. And I have noticed there are a handful of other female friends of mine over the past week. Like one of them, she came down from Bellevue, Washington, 
we met her in Napa, had lunch, and she continued down into Southern California. Another girlfriend went over to Colorado, um, of course, a road trip. And um, it's interesting. I feel like this is a, and I'm saying this for any listeners out there who are feeling this call. Mm -hmm. I think there is something to this because usually we're so hurried in our schedule and our travel is usually by air, not road anymore. And this is such an amazing opportunity. If you feel that call, if you've never, and the women that I'm, I, I'm sure you've done road trips before, but the other women I'm thinking of said that they've never really done anything like this, like gone off solo on a road trip without an agenda, just going to make some stops and see the people who are open to, you know, connecting during this time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to encourage anything that would endanger anyone's health or wellness, but for those, you know your own internal call. And again, I'll just go back to discernment, what feels right. But I have seen this be incredibly nourishing for um, several women right yeah. now. It has felt so nourishing. I mean, even just the like the act of, I love driving. So just being in the car and mm -hmm. um, I've been so focused on work and business and moving mm -hmm. my business forward and helping other people move their business forward mm -hmm. and being able to just get in the car and drive and know like that is the only thing that I need to do today is mm -hmm. I'm just driving. Um, <laughs> it's been so, so, so healing. And it's been interesting because it, the not having the full plan and all of that kind of goes against my grain. I Love to believe that I'm spontaneous, but I don't really know that I, <laughs> I need a plan. I like, I like routine. And then that allows me to be more spontaneous yeah. um, and fun. But I, yeah, it's been a new exercise in me experiencing, you know, I've been reading um, uh, Pima Chodron's uh, When Things Fall Apart. Mm, yeah. And she talks about groundlessness and that we're so uncomfortable when we have these big shifts or we don't know what's coming next. Mm -hmm. But really, that is life. Yeah. Life is groundlessness. Things yeah. can always shift the moment that we feel like we've got security. We we're living it now, right? Like all the things we thought were stable institutions and systems and all the things yes. that have been in place forever. We have seen nothing is count onable. No, it's wild. <laughs> so it's like, you know, experiencing this time in, in the world and then this time in my own life where it's just like, yeah, things feel really uncertain. You know, yeah. yes, it's the trip, but it's also, it's a really, it's a time for me of deep evaluation and reflection on what's working in my life. What's yeah. feeling good. What's not, what needs to go, what needs to be cleared, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was going to ask, from your road trip. So, um, part of the thing that I, I wanted to talk about today, um, and you, it's interesting. You said your theme for the brink, um, was around joy and, and some other things, but, and then you combine that with allyship. And yeah. so every month in the soul digger community, I pick a different topic. And I usually, I have to say I'm pretty selfish, but I think also it's interesting because, because we are all connected, nothing is ever, no, I shouldn't say that. Let me, because we are all connected, often what is good for one can be good for the whole or what you are feeling may be exactly what someone else is feeling. And so with things being so up in the air and with a human desire for the predictable, yet seeing how many things are outside of our control. Um, last month we did offering like Tosha Silver style, but this month I just thought, you know, it's July we always think of summer fun, but this is an unusual summer. And I thought, how can we still have fun 
while, you know, being safe or being restricted in some of our movements or what we can do. And the, the thing that came to me was tapping into the magic. Um, and so magic, not meaning something fluffy and, um, you know, sunshine and unicorns, which it absolutely can be. I value that part of it as well, but I'm talking about the kind of deep magic that is where the field of infinite possibilities, what Pam Grout calls the FP, the field of infinite potential or field of infinite possibilities, like the kind of magic where the power that creates worlds resides, like that pure source magic from which everything comes, whether you call it God or the divine or the essential essence. But when we tap into that magic, it can alchemize the most stubborn people or systems or anything in the world. And so to me, magic can not only be incredibly powerful and transformative, but it can also be fun. And so we are working on tapping into the magic this month. And I say working on, I should say playing on. Um, so we're doing a lot of experiences and experiments around that. So when, as you were talking about this trip, I have two questions. Number mm -hmm. one, okay. Um, and I'll remember the second one cause I wrote it down. Number one, um, when you are, you said you did this by kind of, it wasn't totally planned mm -hmm. and not knowing exactly like this thing for Pasadena came together just within the last like 24 yeah. hours. Yeah. So I know you had received, um, like, a uh, more of a message from spirit of sorts that was like, just trust. It may mm -hmm. come together at the last minute, but you just have to keep moving forward. Or mm -hmm. do you mind sharing a little bit about how that came about. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to share about my reading? You can, if you I want got? to, I didn't want to like call it out if you didn't want to talk about it. I should have asked before. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I met with, um, an intuitive channel, Stephanie Levinston, who I know has been on the show mm -hmm. and who you've, you've talked about before, mm -hmm. but I had her do a reading because I noticed I was just getting kind of wrapped around the axle about just <laughs> how is this going to work out? What's going to happen? All of this. And like you're saying, trying to trust the magic. It's like, there's a good part of me that believes all of that fully and believes it for other people. Mm -hmm. But when I'm in that place of I don't know what is happening. I get, I just, that fear, that humanness comes mm -hmm. up, right? That fear. And so I started thinking, oh gosh, here I am in the middle of California with no plan. Where am I going? What am I doing? Right. And luckily Sunny is a good enough friend where she's not going to leave me. <laughs> but I thought like, I feel this call to stay here longer. So I met with Stephanie and and yeah, she, she gave me the reading from was higher self and some other spirit guides around, you know, just leaning in, leaning into this unknown that what I was craving was this adventure and this freedom. Yeah. Freedom is this big piece for me, but inherent within that freedom is this not knowing and having yeah. to trust, right. Yeah. Is, is this ultimate kind of freedom, right? When we don't think like, Oh, I want a bunch of freedom. So let me go ahead and sign a lease and get myself locked into something. Yeah. So it's like, I'm getting the freedom that I desired, but with a little bit of like, I don't know what's coming. So yeah. So, um, I got the message that things would kind of come together in the last minute and, um, and I just felt very guided to be looking in Southern California, mm -hmm. which 
it's interesting. I'm originally from, but I haven't been there since I was a very young child. And, um, and I feel a little intimidated by it, mm-hmm. you know, but I also feel called to it. Uh-huh. So this little place, um, came together, uh, and I had offered this woman just, you know, I, I'm like, okay, I can work with this kind of budget. Would she be willing to accept that? And she did. And yeah. so I've got, I've, I've like, I guess I consider, I keep saying I bought myself some more time in California, but really it's like, I think I've been gifted with it from yeah. spirit, you know, here's, here's an, another week. And it feels mm-hmm. like I'm just getting, it's, it's having to have that faith in, in the magic, in this divine plan, because I'm having to lean in and I feel like I'm only getting one tiny crumb at a time. That's how it goes. The bread that's like Hansel and Gretel. I mean, you're not going to end up in an oven. Right. But isn't that what happened to those children? Not. That'd be terrible, by the way. That'd be terrible. Wait, what, what Vinny? Oh, I don't, I don't, neither of you should be in an oven. That's just. No, no, no. Terrible. But I'm just saying Hansel and Gretel follow. <laughs> no, the I got it. I was just making comments. They're like, phew. Oh, they did. It was a witch who drew them to her home, if I remember correctly. And that was the end of it. It's like they ended up. It is that, but that's kids' fairy tales. Oh, maybe they did. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. I just can't imagine a children's book would kill the children. I don't know. I feel like someone ended in an oven there. But and so I guess the point being, if you follow breadcrumbs from spirit, it will not end like that. Yes. It will. It will have a good ending. But I do love the idea of following breadcrumbs. And as you were talking, I had this image of you being pulled forward by the next mm. crumb and you don't really know the exact where the crumb is but you're like headed in the direction of it yes. and then you know it when you get there you pick up your crumb and then you're pulled yes. again well here's yeah. a, here's a kind of a it felt scary <laughs> I want to put that like in air quotes or something because mm-hmm. it's like they're scary but then my I have friends dear friends in Bellingham who have have a little place a little camper and so they were saying you know do you want to stay with us you have to let us know uh-huh by last night, uh-huh. which was very last minute, as Stephanie was talking about, uh-huh. right? And I just, I felt like, yes, that would be a safe option. Here's, you know, I can go back, I can stay mm-hmm. there, you know. Um, and uh, I just felt this internal, just knowing of, nope, I got to stay in California. Even if it's just for one more week or something like that, just mm-hmm. this knowingness. Yes. And so saying no to them you know, was like a little bit interesting um, because I'm, I'm in some ways saying no to like the safe bet to the safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like mind doing what mind likes to do, safe, predictable, comfortable, known survival. Yeah. It gave you all of the pros and the reasonable, practical reasons why you should take that option. Yes. Your heart and spirit said, "Eh." yeah, Yeah, I want more time. Yeah. More time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, uh, do you mind just for anybody out there listening? How did you know? How do you feel the knowingness? That, mm. that you needed to stay in California. Yeah. So I will often just close my eyes. It's a lot of like, you've talked about the shackles on shackles yeah. off kind of feeling, right? Yeah. So it's like I, how I tap into that, how I know it's a little different is, you know, I'll close my eyes. I'll picture one particular scenario, let's say returning back to Bellingham, mm-hmm. um, which I love Bellingham, nothing against Bellingham. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. I love it, but I'm, I'm needing a timeout. So if, 
you know, in the moment where I imagine one scenario, I can feel just like a little bit, even if it's subtle, Mm -hmm. a little tightening or Mm -hmm. a little constriction for me, that shows up in, in my gut. I'm really sensitive in my stomach. Right. And which is interesting because I've had all kinds of digestive stuff throughout my life, but uh, I think it's like, it is a big telling system. Absolutely. You know? It is. That's so why I, it's like, yeah. yeah. Trust your gut, the little gut brain, oh, all those. Yeah. So significant. So I'll feel that little bit of a constriction. Then I'll imagine another scenario. Like I imagined staying in California, even with the uncertainty and I can feel an opening in my chest, right? Just kind mm-hmm. of this like arms wide open kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I can still feel it's a, it's a nuanced feeling though. Cause it feels still scary because there's the unknown. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of this, like, uh, it's more of a fear of like, Oh gosh, I'm on the high dive. I want to jump That's into the sparkling pool. I was just about, I was just about to use that analogy. Yes. Yes. You see the sparkling pool. It's so exciting. I want to be down in it. Yes. But Oh my gosh. So high yes. versus like, a little bit of that constriction, like if you were on the high dive of like a swamp yes. and you're like, oh, yeah, uh-uh, uh-uh, yep. you know, so it's just that like I can feel that and sometimes it's just so subtle. Other times, you know, when we're making decisions in our lives, it's it's clear what feels yeah. good and what doesn't. Yeah. But sometimes they're just little nuances, but yes. you got to get really still, you know. Uh, yes. And it also made me just for anyone else out there for another way to determine these things. Um, Anita Morjani, and I don't know if this originated with her or if she just had heard it and used it in one of her books, but either way, it's the coin flip exercise. And basically you, if you have a decision, let for you, for example, Alessandra, uh, stay in California, go back to Bellingham to this camper and you say heads is stay in California. And as you flip the coin, you know, immediately if there is any disappointment or, Oh God, I hope it's heads. You know, you know, like in that split second, often your inner being, I think will come forward and be like, yes, or, Oh gosh, I hope not. Um, so that's a neat tool that I've used as well. I love that. And I know we probably have to go to a break soon, but, um, that you have a card in your office that says it's okay if you haven't figured everything out yet. Oh yes. And I'll do. I've been staring at obsessively, (laughs) but that's the thing too, is like, sometimes there's just the knowing, like sometimes we think we have to have all the details to feel out Mm -hmm. what feels right. Mm -hmm. But sometimes even the knowing, like when I said no about the return to stay with, you know, to stay at my friends, just thinking like, um, the knowing was just like, I don't know. I just know I need to lean in this other yep. way. Yep. I don't have all the details. And I think sometimes we expect ourselves like, well, but if I'm going to lean in this other way, I should know everything. I should know all these details, figure it out and then decide from there. Yeah. But sometimes that just is the decision. I, I absolutely agree. And I would say if, as you were talking, it was making me think of there are huge decisions like, should I move cross country, go back to school and leave my marriage? Mm-hmm. Like that's a huge decision. You don't want to try these tools out on that big decision. Start small. And what I have learned is that you will start to like a muscle that Good. the first time you go to the gym, you can't lift the 300 pound weight. And when you start practicing this with little things, like for example, let's say you've just gone on a 48 hour road trip and you only went a couple hours away and you just said, instead of picking an Airbnb, I'm just going to drive and see what I find. Spirit, please guide me. 
to the right place at the divine right time where it will be the highest and best experience for me. Mm -hmm. Or, and by highest and best, I don't necessarily mean always pleasant. Like maybe there would be some cool thing you learned, or I don't know, (laughs) that was a little bit like, oh, for the moment, it might be a little bit frustrating or scary. But yeah, give, we're actually doing this in Soul Digger this week. It's it's the number, the experiment number one from Pam Grout's book, E Squared, which is basically just ask the universe for a blessing and give it a time frame. Like, okay, universe, in the next 48 hours, please send a special blessing my way. And when I mean special blessing, it has to be something unexpected, like like a, a check in the mail that you weren't expecting, or a meaningful encounter with a stranger, or a ladybug in a really random place that ladybugs aren't normally found. Like, just ask for the blessing. Like, start small with that stuff, and then build from there. And then you can be like Alessandra and take off. <laughs> <laughs> For the unknown. And just be guided. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yes. It's yeah. really fun. And you start to see if you allow spirit to show you that it will show up. Man, it does mm-hmm. always. And then you can start using it on the big stuff. Yeah. So. And it shows up in interesting ways. And like you're saying, it's not always just, and then I landed at this oceanside, yeah. beautiful place. Yeah. No, no, no. Like I... I did that on the way down, like, please guide me to the divine right place. And it was like, okay, this is an interesting choice. Thank you. And you you don't know, you may have been, we always think that like, what what am I getting out of it in terms of what's my message from spirit? What's the sign or symbol here? But what if you were the sign, the symbol, the message that somebody needed to see in that moment, maybe a chance encounter you had at the hotel or a restaurant, you may have been the blessing for someone else. So when something doesn't make sense to us, we may be Mm -hmm. being used by spirit in a very benevolent, loving way as a blessing to someone else. So I always think about this when I'm like, you're stuck at the red light, you're late, for wherever you're going and you're like, just go, just go, just go. (laughs) And then you get stuck at the red light and you, what if your license plate was the special number that gave the person in the car behind you the message from their grandmother who passed away on like the Mm. exact date that your license plate number is like those kind of things. So just, yeah, always leave room for not only your own signs, but for you being that for someone else. So I love that. Anyway. I love that. Okay, we should take our break. Okay. Okay, so you're listening to Sunny in Seattle. It is first Friday of the month, which means uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Sunny Joy McMillan, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke with Benny on the board. And we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're actually going to talk a little bit more about what one of our main themes, uh, tapping out UFC style. Um, I don't know how much UFC gets discussed on Alternative Talk 1150, <laughs> but we're going to go there. I'm going to say probably- not much right now. Just going to go there. <laughs> Yes, so there's your cliffhanger. Stay tuned. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Hey, Sunny and Seattle friends. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that the greatest gifts and synchronicities of my life happened when I started listening to the voice of my soul and let it take the lead. But in a crazy culture and a chaotic world, it can often be difficult to hear that soul voice and we forget just how powerful that spiritual being inside you really is. Which is why I created Soul Digger, a membership community for women and those who identify as women who want to live a soul-driven life. We meet virtually to learn, connect, share, grow, and inspire one another on our spiritual journey. Find out more at my website, goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. And click on the tab that says, Work With Me. 
So come get shamelessly spiritual with us in the Soul Digger community, where we mine the true gold that comes from your soul. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Flace with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. If you own firearms, it's your responsibility to make sure they're always stored safely. Hiding them in a closet or drawer is not enough. Kids know where they are. Research shows the risk of injury and death is lower if guns are stored unloaded and locked up with the ammunition locked in a separate place. This is important when children are young as well as when they grow into teenagers. For more, talk with your pediatrician or visit HealthyChildren.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Hunting may seem like an unexpected pastime for Iowa resident Rachel Vanderwerf. I did not grow up hunting. I was not at all involved in the hunting world. An environmental consultant, she was vegan for a while because of animal welfare and sustainability concerns. But Vanderwerf missed eating meat. So to obtain it in a way she feels is ethical, she decided to try hunting. And after her first deer hunt, she was hooked. Really, that was the first time that I felt like I was part of nature and part of the food system. As she's gotten more involved, she's realized that hunting can inspire people to protect wildlife habitat. She says hunters often lead land conservation efforts in her state. Iowa has lost 99% of its native prairie and wetlands. It's really important to conserve what we have left. So today, Vanderwerf leads a group called Edible Outdoors. It offers classes on hunting, fishing, and foraging. She hopes these practices help people feel more connected to nature. The more people are out enjoying our land, the more likely that they're going to be invested in wanting it to be conserved. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. Some people know a good thing when they hear it. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. Uh, it is first Friday on Sunny in Seattle, so I am Sunny Joy and... This is Dr. Alessandra Duke. Yes. Um, so, Vinny, uh, what was that song you said? Oh, oh was it song? Yeah. Why, Fleetwood did, Mac. Yeah, Fleetwood Mac Gypsy. Uh-huh. Is that my Gypsy theme song? Possibly. That's kind of what I was <gasps> thinking earlier with you and your like recent travels. Oh, I love that. See what I, I did there? Oh, sorry, Benny. I figured there was a reason you chose that. But... Oh, yeah, of course. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to play that as I take off right after this show. Oh. I'm gonna. That'll be my, like, first first song down toward Pasadena. Nice. Boom. Yeah. Nice. Good pick. Good. Co- well, you picked well, it, Benny. No, oh, I mean, to continue, and I only played a snippet of it, but you know. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. So on to our topic of the day that it only took us 40 minutes to actually get to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I said, that's because we're awesome. That is why. <laughs> And you even came up with a new thing that we may have, like a spinoff, like little podcast yes. thing. What's happy about this hour? Yeah, That's awesome. a happy hour. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be great. Um, okay, so um, one of the, the metaphors, and I'd say this this happened because um, I think this might be something that many people are feeling right now. Um, I've I've 
written about this recently, or I think we probably talked about it on the show. Like we really are in a marathon right now. And I know there's this human desire for things to return to quote normal, um, and predictable what we had before. I mean, and I know there are a lot of folks out there that are looking to this also for it being a, an awakening of sorts and changes, but all that to say, we're still in human bodies. So no matter how you look at it, there is an exhaustion that can come with something going on and on with no predictable end in sight with chaos being um, more the norm than predictability. And so um, I kind of hit my limit um, in the last month. Um, as I, I we've talked about on the show, uh, we actually made the, it's a bittersweet, but one of those you talk about the knowing it, we've never felt more certain about this as much as it was a bittersweet decision to let our house go in Seattle because we're kind of on this California adventure. I will likely be applying to go back to school, potentially on the East Coast, depending on if people are even doing in-person classes at that point. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there's just a lot of unknowns. So holding on to that house no longer felt right to us. So we sell the house, um, we packed up everything and like the last vestiges of our life in Seattle, we put in tow. Um, we came back to Petaluma um, several weeks ago after all of this you know, there are a lot of big emotions around that against the backdrop of the pandemic and the reckoning around racial justice. And so there's just a lot. And then we get home and one of our kitties immediately goes into the emergency vet and now he is home on hospice. Um, and so we're in a bit of a waiting game, not realizing we would be in this situation with another kitty so quickly after it feels like it just happened with our dog and our cat. And I know there are much bigger issues out there. I mean, these are first world problems, but it's still a lot in your own respective perspective sphere of space. And then you combine that with, of course, this, I just feel like media and social media right now feels like an assault on my senses. Like it is too much. There, there are too many yelling quote experts that are just screaming for your attention. It's, loud. it's, it's loud. so loud. And, and even if you're not hearing the, the volume on the TV, the energy behind all this and the, God, there are so many hurt people hurting people out there with ignorance and viciousness. And I just, I hit my limit. Okay, so that is happening at the same time. Chase has been furloughed and making decisions about his work. And so during this time that we're home, he began, we got a streaming service to ESPN Plus, which means that he now has access to like UFC TV, which is, if you're not familiar with it, the ultimate fighting championship or ultimate fighting something. And it's about mixed martial arts fighting. And Chase is like, emanates peace. He diffuses conflict. He is violence averse. And so this has been just the strangest like dichotomy between who he is and what he's choosing to watch. But he's, I've learned some things. No matter what you feel about the leadership of the UFC, about what it does, about what it promotes. I mean, I personally think we're going to look back at this in years to come in the same way that we now look at gladiators in a coliseum being torn limb from limb in a fight to the death while people eat bread and drink wine. Like, so I do not know that we're going to be doing this forever, but for whatever reason, Chase has shown me some redeeming qualities to it. One of which is a metaphor that I am implementing right now. Um, so if you haven't watched these fights, if a fighter is feeling like 
He is too injured. He is in a compromised and dangerous like fight position where he may end up breaking something or going unconscious. Um, if they're just done and exhausted and they're ready to be done, they tap out, um, which just means tapping the mat of the octagon a couple times. The ref calls the fight and they're done. I'm like, you know what? I am, I'm tapping out. The last month has been a period of tapping out. Um, I, I just can't do anymore. And again, this is coming from a place I am privileged enough to be able to tap out of certain things. And I recognize that I feel grateful and I feel blessed, um, in those instances, but for even people who are in some fights that they can't, you know, it's a day to day thing. Um, Still, I think all of us need to, at some point, do our own version of tapping out, not retreating from a fight or an issue permanently, like if you're trying to save a broken relationship, if you want to end racism, if you are trying to fulfill a calling for meaningful work. I don't mean giving it up forever. I mean, know when you're at your limit, when you're done, when it can become permanently damaging not to step back and tap out for the moment so that you can go to your corner, you can regroup, you can rest, you can let your injuries heal, and you can be replenished to go back out and do, resume in another capacity or in another in another instance, whatever it is that you are working toward or fighting for. Um, and, and then while you tap out, what are you tuning into? Like for me, tapping out of all of this noise, chatter, exhaustion, um, means tuning in again to my own soul and my own knowing. Um, so it's this version of, um, is it time to tap out of something in your life? And what are you tuning into? And so that's what I was really, that's what I've been sitting with, I guess, mm. for the last month. Um, and I also think this is a marathon we're in about all of these things, all of the things that are happening. It is not a sprint and you can't, you can't, you can't complete a marathon without uh, giving yourself the right rest and replenishment mm -hmm. and all of the things. So um, for anyone out there who needs permission to tap out, <laughs> let yeah. this be your permission slip to take the time you need to say, I'm done for the moment and I need to regroup a bit. Yeah. yeah. It's so important. And I know for me, you know, just with my work as a psychologist and coach, it's like my, I'm, always kind of pouring out to give, right. Mm -hmm. To help to give. And then with things like the civil rights movement happening and, um, you know, with taking care of people through the pandemic, it's like, I just noticed for me, I was just holding a lot. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, as clinicians, we talk about, it becomes unethical if you're continuing to treat people and to mm -hmm. work with people when you are not well, like you are not emotionally well. So, so there's that piece of, you know, really looking at yourself, like, am I in a good enough place to be able to help others to show up? Cause I know for a lot of the women, even in the brink, the, the coaching program that I lead, they, um, you know, they have some guilt about like, um, it, it almost feels like the worry and the, um, sort of putting out all of that emotional energy and, all of these things, the giving, the giving, the giving is, um, they feel like if they're not doing that, then they're mm -hmm. not being productive. But I argue that it's 
that tapping out, you tuning in, taking care of yourself, slowing down enough, that is how you can help and be a light to others, right? When we're well. Yeah. And I also think we've been talking about this a lot in Soul Digger. um, There are some, man, they challenge me. Um, These are women who are on the path and we have some really interesting conversations. And one of the ones that came up this week was even if you are not out there doing something, because we live in a quantum universe where all is energy and all is connected, just you being in your home, filling your own spiritual well, that shifts your energy, that bleeds into the collective unconscious or the field out there. So you being a light, even in your own being, in your own house, in your own space, that can actually tip the the critical mass toward light on this planet. Um, and I feel, of course, if you're inspired, if you take action of some sort, absolutely. But just know that even tapping out and tuning in without doing more than just what Alessandra is doing, for example, right now, like filling her well with this nourishing, adventurous, like fun, joy-filled road trip, or sometimes mm-hmm. not even all joy-filled, but there are some trying mm-hmm. times too, but, mm-hmm. but filling her well in that way is one of those things that I think by nature of, or by virtue of you doing this, that is going to shift things for everyone in your mm-hmm. life, including your clients. And, um, Oh, there was something else I was going to say. Well, it just blew out of my mind. So yeah. anyway, yeah, that's. So if you think about, when you think about tapping out, so if people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah I like this idea. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Mm-hmm. What would you do for your tapping out? Well, all I can do is speak from my own experience and what has worked for me. And I, it's, it's interesting. I have seen, for example, um, so to answer your question short and then give mm-hmm. explanation, um, tapping out of media and social media for even just give yourself a time period, 48 hours, 36 hours, I mean, 12 hours, whatever you can do. Cause I noticed, I learned a new word this week mm-hmm. called doom scrolling or doom surfing. And these are actually terms, new terms in the dictionary that refer to the tendency to continue to surf or scroll through bad news. Even though the news is saddening, disheartening, or depressing, um, many people are apparently finding themselves reading continuously bad news about COVID, for example, without the ability to stop or step back. And I know our brains kind of get hooked on this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I will say, you know, I talk about this all the time on the show, like not starting the day with news feed. I have to say during all the things that were happening with George Floyd and the, and many of the others whose names we should be saying, as well as the pandemic as it shifts and surges in some places and not others where there are conspiracy theories and there are all these varying opinions about the medical issues. Like I just, Oh my God, I was starting my day with it and I was ending my day with it. Mm -hmm. I was so violating my own rules. So for me, tapping out meant done. I can't listen to any of these people anymore Mm -hmm. done. Meaning I can't, my will, my well is empty. And when, oh, this was what I was going to say. I feel, I remember Martha Back telling us this in coach training, and I'm saying this because it applies to everyone out there listening as well as to Alessandra and to I and to me. Um, I don't know what's grammatically correct there. <laughs> you just caught yourself. Wasn't, I don't even know. Sometimes they get me. a, and to me, I don't yeah. know. Okay. We're, you know, what we're, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but 
it is, it is not like the, the thing that you do or the words that you say or the work that you, the service you deliver or the good you produce as much as it is what you bring to it, like who you are in the doing or the saying or the being, your energy, your beingness is the thing that helps the people. And when your well is empty, when you are not tapped out of all the yuck and you aren't tapped in to who you really are and like the well of, you know, field of infinite possibilities and source energy and essential essence, who, like what you deliver is not the same. Like I can't write there's some people who can just churn out, let's say, blog pieces, because that's an important part when you are in the industry that we are in, and awareness and connecting with people through writing can be very important. There are some people who can just churn out goodness. And I would say, when I say churn, that has more of a negative connotation. Like, Alessandra and I noticed this week differences in how we do this. Alessandra writes very easily. It is something that comes naturally to her. Mm -hmm. And while I've been working on a newsletter for the past three days, she <laughs> just put one out the door within two hours yesterday. So it's funny to see the differences. But what I know is that my writing comes easier and flows more freely if I am tapped out of the nonsense and tuned into my own well-filling activities. And, and I know that the being or energy that I bring to the writing, and that comes across as energy on the page and the words that come through to people – I can bring a lot more to the table when I am tapped out. So you, the, the short long answer was tapping out of all external noise and tuning into filling my spiritual well with inspiring things that also allow me to get back to my own knowing so that when I dive back into that river of screaming opinions and comment fights on social media, that I can use my discernment about where to get involved, when to pull back, what inspired action to take. Mm -hmm. So that's the, my big, big short answer. Well, I think it's so important because, you know, so much of the media out there is to generate ooh, intensity yeah. and emotion, right? Yeah. And all of that. And so I think it's so important, you know, with everything that's going on to tap out and really be reflective with how do I want to be around this? How do I want to show up? What do mm -hmm. I want to contribute so that we're not just also taking in the noise and then being part of the noise, yeah. right? But like instead being really intentional with like, okay, what do I want my contribution to be? Oh, yeah, and I have to look up, while you're talking, I have to look this up. I just uh, shared with myself. I always do this whenever I see like a meme or a quote on social media that I think I want to remember. Mm -hmm. I send it to myself in Messenger. Oh, and there's Benny. Oh, I just have to pull this. I just sent this mm -hmm. to myself yesterday, which I think for this audience, this yeah. is so important um, particularly what I'm speaking to like KK and W. Okay. Let's see. Right, I'm pulling it up. This was hat tip to Sarah Bamford Seidelman for this. Um, she is amazing. She was on the show not too long ago. She always posts such encouraging things. So follow her on social media. Okay. She shared this quote before you respond to someone, remember that your response is also your agreement to establish an energy connection with them which may change your energy field and vibrational frequency. Yeah. I'm going to read that again before you respond to someone in person on mm -hmm. social media, even in your mind, I think quite frankly, before you respond to someone, remember that your response is also your agreement to establish an energy connection with them, which may change your energy field and vibrational frequency. 
I think that's a pretty good uh, yes. tool <laughs> for like Absolutely. gauging whether <laughs> to actually uh, engage with someone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, everybody's got different kind of opinions about how they want to show up. And I know that, you know, there are a lot of women that are colleagues of mine who are like, oh yeah, it's, it's go time. I'm having all kinds of arguments on my Facebook page oh, about this God. or that. And I think, I just always think to myself, how I want to be in the world is someone who calls on others and invites them to join me in being better humans. Yes. I do not think that we grow and evolve as humans by yelling at each other. I don't think that that creates the change that we're seeking. And I feel like if we are educating ourselves, offering opportunities for education for other people, a willingness to hear people out, yeah. That's what moves things, I believe. I do too. And I was just going to ask you, being that you are, you know, PhD psychologist, like, isn't there, I feel like I've read this before, but that when you come at something in a very, um, puts someone on the defensive or you're on the offensive and it kind of puts them in a position, isn't there like a brain thing that happens where we become resistant and more um, set in our own ways? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yeah, like so. Well, yeah, because then you've got, you end up, more solidifying in your opinion when mm-hmm. you're being challenged in that way. Mm-hmm. And you might not even fully a 100% agree with what you're saying. But now that somebody's telling you you're wrong, you're like, Oh, now I 100% yes. believe in what I'm saying. Like there's no openness yeah. at all to it. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, that that's from our, our brain evolution from, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of years ago, which yeah. is like, it's important for that kind of self-protection and tribe protection. Yeah, tribe. And I know Mm -hmm. that word has very, um, it's not a word that we use lightly now um, Mm -hmm. because we know that it carries very heavy connotations for a lot of uh, folks out there. Mm -hmm. Um, But from an evolutionary standpoint, when tribe was the way to survive, Mm -hmm. yeah, you have to stick with whatever your tribe believes. Mm -hmm. So we are very ingrained with that stuff. So I think the, from what I'm hearing you say, the way to change that. And it, to me, it goes back to what the, um, lovely woman in my women's circle said last night that, um, her phrase around all of this is I'm teachable. And I'm, Mm. again, I'm listening. Like I can, I can listen. I can be teachable. Yeah. And approaching it with more of a curiosity versus a confirmation bias you want to affirm. Absolutely. I know that I'm more open to ideas when people are just asking me curiously yeah. and having a, an open conversation. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what else we got? I know we've got like a minute two or two minutes. left. Yeah. yeah. One minute. Yeah. Well, why don't we just do our, um, we'll just do our housekeeping. Um, so while this has been sunny in Seattle, I am one of your hosts, Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke on a massive road trip. Yes. Doing the thing. And if you want to keep up with Alessandra on her road trip, of course, she's on all the social media and um, website is alessandraduke.com. And yeah. probably Facebook is the best way. You can find you can find my business page on Facebook or you can friend me too. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, my website, if you want to find out more about me or join the Soul Digger Book Club, um, is goldenoversoul.com. And all the things I've got going on are under the events page, which reminds me, I do need to update for next month's Divorce Well webinar. So that mm-hmm. will be out of date, but the other things should be 
up to date. Um, so anything else we want to say before we say goodbye? That's it. Thank you. Yes. This has been fun. I know. And we actually, Benny has had his uh, video on this whole time. So we can see him smiling in the studio. It's a big one for the both of you because we're tapping her out. It's <laughs> done. Show's <laughs> over. On that note, for Sunny and Seattle for the first Friday of July, we're tapping out. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.